Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood Chippa, aka Chris Chipman, backwards for once. Um, hey, I'm Chris Chipman. I'm here to talk to you um, about another movie review from Salem Horror Fest 2020. Um, I was lucky enough to be given a press pass to review some of these films for you. Um, really thankful to Kay Lynch and the folks over at Salem Horror Fest for this opportunity. Um, been a fan of the things they've done ever since. Um, well, ever since starting the Horror Fest, but in particular Mass Hysteria, which I got to review back um, in March. Um, it was a film that Kay uh, produced, um, and uh, I loved the hell out of that movie. I've loved everything I've seen at Salem Horror Fest so far, and so I'm back um, with another review. Um, if you enjoy this review, please check out my podcasts, um, the Chipman Brothers Tangent, Creating Geeks, Shooting the Shit with Chippa, and uh, the Talkbuster podcast. Some directors from the Salem Horror Fest films this year will be appearing on Shooting the Shit coming soon, so um, don't miss that. And also kick over to my YouTube channel, Chris Chipman. You can see a couple of shows I make over there as well. A show called Hopped Ones, which is like the Spicy Wing Challenge for beer. Uh, so Spicy Wing Challenge Hot Ones, but for beer. And um, I've got a new show called This Made the Chippo, which is going through every year of my life and the movies and current events from those years. So check it all out. Patreon.com slash the Chippa if you want to support me and my efforts. Um, but either way, thank you for listening. So the film I am talking about right now is Displaced. Displaced. This is the world premiere of this film, premiering at the Salem Horror Fest. Um, the synopsis directly from them on Salem Horror Fest is... A young black man in Brooklyn must prove his new white neighbors are emissaries from the satanic cult they both survived as children. It's directed by Josh Atkinson and um, stars a very small but fantastic cast. Um, the lead is phenomenal. The uh, two folks playing the white neighbors, I believe one of them is jo At Josh Atkinson himself. Uh, the woman, I believe um, the actress's name is Megan, is um, fantastic. They have an air of um, the family from Get Out in their performance. It's that very, uh, to the audience, immediately we know that you're dangerous, but you're still charming enough that we understand why other people might not realize it. Especially when you're in a building... Um, in Brooklyn, filled with black people, and these white couple comes, and you know, it's kind of like, okay, the guy's mother owns the place, is, you know, we got to be extra nice to them, because as much as gentrification is a bad thing, also, you know, this woman needs to pay rent. She's The, the guy's mother says, you know, hey, you know, I got to be able to afford, uh, you know, the rent this this month. So they came at the perfect time. So I'm not going to ask too many questions, especially if they're nice and the check clears. So that's a little bit of the setup of what's going on in Displaced. But let me double back for a minute. So Displaced, this movie starts with our main character. Um, he is a person dealing with abused and battered little kids. I, I think he's either a therapist or a psychiatrist, might work for like DCF or something like that. But we have him in a room with a little boy that has a black eye. And he immediately connects. I would not be surprised. Um, and I'll find out when I talk to the director. But this is so natural that I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, wasn't improv'd. Um, it, the, the dialogue in this scene is, is a masterwork. 
Um, not to say that there isn't great dialogue in the rest of the film. The the performances and dialogue um, are fantastic throughout in Displaced. But in this particular scene, it immediately tells you so much about this character. And then the movie spends the next hour and a half deconstructing what you think you know about him from this scene. Um, what's fantastic is he immediately connects with this little boy about telling a story um, about uh, how... Um, if he's, it was either him or his friend, I think it was his friend, got sick when he ate chocolate, probably lactose intolerant or something like that. And the kid's father told him the chocolate was made of poop. And it made the guy, that, that, when he was younger, not want to eat it. So he tells this kid that story to kind of break the wall down of sometimes our parents can do things to hurt us that aren't intentional. And gets the kid to admit that, you know, his father has um, beaten him. Um, the father claimed that there were voices telling him to do that, which was the interesting thing. Um, we get out of this scene and it immediately tells you there's something not quite right about our main character because while he comes off completely charming and wonderful in this scene, um, his coworker asks, you know, well, how did you get him to, you you know, to, to open up? And he tells the story and she goes, he goes, where'd you come up with something like that? He goes, cause it's true. She goes, where did you grow up again? And they kind of leave that of, okay, where, yeah, where did he grow up? And, you know, on the subway home that night, it's shown that our main character um, doesn't uh, want to interact with women or anyone in general, but particularly women. You know, he turns away, um, claims to be very awkward and continues to be awkward. He goes back to see his mother the, at the apartment building that they live in, in Brooklyn. This is when his mother gives him the, you know, the, the story of, you know, hey, that woman that lived in that room there has gone. She's gone, don't know where she is, and had to set up the room for rent because I got to get one. And she goes, funny thing is, is I barely even had the sign out up front and this couple showed up. And she wants him to get along really well with the couple. She's also kind of forcing him on another girl that lives in the place. Now, this is when creepy stuff starts happening. You know, he, he's very awkward with this girl that lives in the building. She's trying to get him to come to a cookout. We realize when he goes to bed that night that he may or may not. Well, it's definitely may, but they show you uh, a, you know, he's asleep and wakes up and sees a video of him on his TV um, the mirror image and the thing's eyes light up really creepily and uh so when later he's watching a video of his of this girl um sleeping with her boyfriend and um you know enjoying the video well let's, let's just leave it at that um you know you start realizing okay why is he recording everybody and it's there's something not quite right about this guy um he also starts to suspect immediately when he meets these next door neighbors that something isn't quite right because his first meeting with them is when the husband played by our director josh atkinson is sleepwalking and tries to break into his apartment and then when he does he pulls a knife on him and starts rambling on about cutting the bud and all of this weird stuff and even says that he knows who he is and the um, wife you know tells him hey you know he sleepwalks i do asmr videos very similar to the um get out thing with the coffee mug i love i love the the social consciousness horror movie types i love that you know they use these these fun tropes of you know things that are modern 
um, but also very old-fashioned because the genre of this film definitely feels like someone was making a thing like The Omen or Rosemary's Baby or a movie like that, but setting it in um, nowadays societal issues. Um, so it's, it's just really cool. And so the ASMR videos, he breaks into their apartment and sees one of them playing. And the wife on the video starts talking to him. And I love the way all of these scenes are staged. Um, it, it's just really fascinating the way that this works. He opens a book and finds a thing that looks like the satanic cult insignia or a satanic cult insignia, takes a photo of it, and then kind of blacks out and wakes up in the morning, doesn't know what happened. He's then told later by the girl who, um, you know, that he's been becoming buddy-buddy with, um, but still very awkward around that he had a perfectly good time with them all that night talking about what they did for work, all this, and he doesn't remember any of it. So that's when it's like, okay, something not quite right's going on here. Maybe he's just going insane. Maybe he's being a little too paranoid, but it doesn't stop him from installing a camera in their apartment. And in the scene when he's installing the camera witnesses them, um, sacrificing the room the the girl that lives in the other apartment's cat um at this point he's started a romantic relationship with her after her boyfriend runs out on her and he finds her beaten he actually sees it on a recording so i don't know if he's watching the videos live at that point i'm guessing that's what's going on but you know without a benefit of the doubt to us in the audience he sees this happen um he witnesses it happening and he had a camera installed so he goes to show everybody, hey, this is what went down, and or at least show the girl. And I love when movies like this do something like this. You can't, there is no video recording of it, and all of a sudden she has her cat. So whatever he witnessed either didn't happen or there's a bait and switch going on. It, it, this is when the movie starts to remind me of things like The Burbs and movies like that where somebody genuinely knows what's going on, but everybody else thinks they're crazy. Now... What a, the girlfriend and the mother seem to be, um, you know, reinforcing him about is that, yeah, you know what, there was probably something triggered by this being the anniversary of the cult that you were part of when you were little. Um, now, what his adoptive grandmother, or so so far, we believe it's his grandmother, it turns out it's adoptive, like wasn't even part of the real family. But what we know of right now is she took him in, tried to take him to some um, psychiatrists and things to basically let him know that, yeah, the really crazy things that happened there that he remembered, that the movie hasn't let on what they are yet, just involved human sacrifice and stuff. He was making up in his head, yeah, they were bad people. Yeah, there was a mass suicide there and he escaped and was rescued. But... As far as he's concerned, none of that stuff actually happened. He also believes that his mother, who was a cult member, died, was murdered by them at this time. Um, he starts getting like videos showing up on his TV from the woman who was doing the news report at the beginning of the thing and starts realizing, okay, maybe something is trying to tell me something. Um, so in that something trying to tell him something, he... Uh, finds out that another kid who escaped 
from there is locked up in a mental hospital because she tried to kill her husband. So he goes to visit her and she's going on and on and on about all the wonderful things he did and he taught her and like all this incomprehensible stuff. And she said, I need to be there when you clip the bud. Let me give you an offering. And up to this point, the movie has, you know, they had the cat sacrifice they, you know, they had a few creepy things going on, but she flat out takes the pen. She says, you know, give me a thing. I want to draw something for you. Takes a pen and stabs her eye out and gives her the eye. Here's an offering. And, you know, they they go and take her away. What's cool is that the doctor who's in there watching them is being distracted by a video from that same um, news reporter. So he leaves to go outside and gets in a car. And all of a sudden, the little boy who he was looking after at the beginning of the film, um, who he realized he wasn't going to be able to save. The little boy's um, father did a murder-suicide on the mother, and the little boy is now part of the system. It gets placed into the seat next to him, and that news reporter lady shows up. And this, um, all of these movies, so this isn't a fault of this film, um, a lot of these movies that this is trying to be like, like the, the 70s occult horror films, do a big exposition dump in their third act. Um, this one, the, the actress playing the news reporter is fantastic. But there's a lot of heavy lifting with the dialogue here. I do love how matter of fact it is. It reminds me of a film like Hereditary. Um, in that respect, the, hey, okay, this you're part of something bigger that you don't understand, and this has been going on the whole time. But, and spoiler alert here, if you haven't watched the film Displaced, but I do love the way this dialogue drops, and I love the, the reveal here. Um, it's just, it's a lot of exposition dumps. So basically, yeah, um, when you were a kid, even though you don't remember it, not only were you uh, a member that went along with the stuff at this place, but you literally were the son of the devil. Um, you're the Antichrist, and if they hadn't come and knocked down the door that day, and we didn't have to, you know, all kill ourselves, and you kids got away, you would have brought about the coming of, you know, Satan back on Earth back then, yada, 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 um, and you performed the rituals. In fact, you were the one that taught all of the other kids all the rituals. Those two people that moved in next to you were protégés of yours, and they've been waiting to run into you and meet you again. So I, I love when films do this. I love when your main character um, is revealed to be the biggest bad in all of the bads, right? Like, he might not know it, but he has the capability to, you know, bring about um, whatever Satan is trying to come back to the earth to do. Um, and oh yeah, this little boy is going to be your sacrifice. You have to clip the bud. I'm assuming that means kill the child. It could have many other repercussions that I don't want to get into because I'd rather keep them ambiguous because it gets creepier and scarier as we go. But they, you know, let him know, okay, your mother, um, or so your grandmother was your adoptive grandmother and your girlfriend there are back at the apartment with your neighbors and you have to bring this kid back here and do the ritual. And by the way, I'm not this news reporter lady. I'm your mom. You wouldn't have recognized me because I was given this new role and this new life by our father, i.e. Satan, to make sure that when it comes time, um, basically there was a baby in the news born with cloven hooves that he finds out. That's the signal that we have to come back and make this shit go down again. Um, and so... She's his actual mother. She went along with all this stuff. She did creepy rituals on him. 
they get back to the apartment. The two neighbors, you know, reveal to him that in that time that he was kind of knocked out and didn't remember, they performed a ritual on him, um, you know, to kind of like get the juices flowing and bring that back. That's why he started having creepy visions and all this stuff. And they leave him um, to, you know, kill this kid. And he's just about to do it. We see a really cool, like, silhouette person with glowing eyes version of Satan, which I thought was really cool. And when you see his hand up close, he's kind of got, like, leaves and gravel and dirt. It's it's a very different and cool version of, of something we've seen a lot before. And I love how um, sporadic and not um, in your face they are about it. But he basically says, no, I'm not doing it, and stabs himself. And you know the devil on them have this you know they basically say hey you know he's a failure he wasn't going to do it we'll have a child we'll bring this out the you know devil quick thinks kills everybody in the room and uh except for the little boy and our main character and says fine if you're not going to do it i take this gift from you and put it into him we now cut to our main character as a homeless guy just like earlier in the movie you know there was a homeless guy that had to get shooed away um he's now the homeless guy that has to get shooed away a new couple comes they've just adopted the antichrist this little boy from the beginning of the movie and our um our uh mother the news reporter lady is there showing them into the new building so here we have you know a full story about satanism a cult um scary things going on but our final shot of the movie is a white family finally moving into this apartment after all of the black tenants have been taken care of and they're going to be replaced and repopulated not just by a white family but by the literal antichrist and the guy who was our main character that we followed is reduced to a homeless person rummaging around in the trash because he can no longer afford to live afford big quotes to live in the neighborhood he was in so all of his power was taken from him there's so much more that I'm, I don't think I have the right toolbox or experience in my life to speak on. So I'd love to open the dialogue with, um, with more people, uh, because I really think their social issues are so wonderfully layered in this movie. But at the end of the day, Displaced is just, it's a fantastically creepy, incredibly well-made, does not step outside of its boundaries or its means. It's obviously a low-budget film, but you'd never know it in the way that it's shot. You'd never know it in the way that it's acted. And their effects work is very um, sporadic and used um, very economically to, to make the movie feel very creepy and also feel very timeless. There's not a whole lot to the plot of the film outside, you know, maybe the security cameras that he's using that would make this be any different than how it would have gone down if the film took place in the 70s. So um, I'd like to give a huge thumbs up and a cheers to Josh Atkinson, his entire cast. Um, I hope this movie does fantastic at the Horror Fest, and I hope it has great things coming for it after this. Um, displaced is, you know, like I've told people and, and I'll, and I'll tell Josh this on the podcast, uh, when, when I have him on, you know, this is the kind of flick that I could easily see playing, um, in a big theater or at least on the art house circuit with a Blumhouse or a 24 type pickup. The quality is as good as movies I've seen in those type of venues released by those types of people. So you should all be very proud of the movie you made. And um, I can't wait to talk more about it. So everyone watching Salem Horror Fest 2020 or just listening to this review and wondering what you should watch, you can't go wrong with Displaced. 
Have a good night. Bye-bye.